Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Monday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. We do this show each weekday. We talk IU basketball, IU football, and of course even some sports from a Southern Indiana perspective as well, and we'll do it each and every day this week. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Pretty standard Monday show here in just a few moments. We'll begin with our news and notes of the day, and then later in the hour, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. He currently is at Memorial Stadium for football press opportunities as fall camp well underway and the opening game for IU uh, not far off. And Zach will join us as he takes a break from media opportunities to talk a little IU football, and we'll talk IU basketball as well coming up here in just a bit later in the hour on Mondays. uh, Chad Gilbert, he's the athletic director at Charlestown High School, and he's with us on Mondays as we talk local sports and high school sports and kind of a different time right now. Not a lot of high school sports up and running just yet, uh, but we're just a couple weeks away from football, and it just seems like once the high school sports season gets started, it rolls from one to another, from one sport to another, from one season to another, as, as it quickly gets uh, unwinding, to be quite honest. So Chad's with us today. We've got some stuff to chat about as well. And that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, a reminder that the Thornton's text line is open This is essentially your way to communicate with me during this hour. If you've got questions for our guests or topics you'd uh, like to see come up on the show, 502-414-1450 is that number. Again, 502-414-1450. It's Summer Cash Bash at Thornton's. Each week, one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, not a problem. Text the word REWARDS to 80313 today. That's REWARDS to 80313 today. Let's get into some headlines. Really, not a ton of stuff coming out of the weekend. Normally, we're jam-packed in this opening segment after a weekend full of opportunity for news to gather. But I think the big IU recruiting note 
coming out of the weekend is that another 2023 target, so a guy that's going to be a senior as school resumes, uh, wing forward Jamie Kaiser is off the board uh, after narrowing down late last week to his top three, his final three. Uh, he picked Maryland on Sunday. Kaiser is from Virginia, uh, but will play at Montverde when, uh, oh, excuse me, at IMG when school resumes here. Uh, so a new opportunity for him this upcoming high school basketball season. But he had a final three of Maryland, IU, and Virginia. There had been a lot of rumblings, and I kind of hinted at this last week, uh, that uh, he may choose Maryland and that Maryland probably was the leader for his services. But the six foot six wing is off the board now as he officially has committed to uh, Maryland. And I tell you what, with Deshaun Harris-Smith, there have been some rumblings uh, with him that uh, maybe his interest and, and vice versa, I'm not sure the the details, had, had died off. We'll have to wait and see if that ends up being true or not. Uh, but uh, Arrington Page, I think, kind of has emerged here over the last couple of weeks with some of these other commitments from 2023 players as the top prospect that seems maybe most likely, if, if there's a way to project this stuff, uh, to end up uh, at IU. So uh, TJ Power is still, I think, uh, on the board for Indiana in the 2023 class. Uh, Deshaun Harris-Smith, I just mentioned him, seemed like a lot of interest uh, between him and IU both ways. And that, I don't know, just there's rumblings that maybe that's not going to be his destination. So Arrington Page, who was on campus with a lot of these guys over the last couple of weeks, appears to be the top target that IU seems most likely to land uh, in the 2023 class. And I really, I tell you what, I don't have a gauge on Page as far as, I know he likes Indiana. He's got a lot of other interests as well, but don't really have a gauge on when he is going to make a decision or an announcement on what his college future will be. So Arrington Page, probably the name right now to focus on most if you're a big recruiting guy for IU in the 2023 class. Of course, there continues to be tons of opportunity uh, in the state and beyond. And with the transfer portal, and of course, Indiana getting such an early start in the 2023 class with Newton and also, uh, of course, Gabe Cups. Uh, I know it feels like, and I've heard from people, gosh, Indiana needs to get a commitment. Or what's going on with Indiana's 2023 class? Coach Woodson and the staff have done such a good job. What's going on with this class? Well, they got an early start by getting some really early commitments in this class, number one. So I think we forget that they've already got two in the class. Uh, that's number one. And then number two, with the transfer portal and the way college basketball operates these days, uh, I think sometimes having a little breathing room in certain classes uh, allows you the chance to uh, to make some decisions and obviously changes in the offseason because, you know, players are sure going to uh, make changes that best fit their situation. So uh, having some room there, not being jam-packed with inco- incoming freshmen and trying to navigate the transfer portal with any losses you have, uh, possibly a good thing for Indiana, really for all programs. So we'll keep an eye on it. But Arrington Page right now is probably the 2023 prospect uh, to gear on most. And, of course, remember Tamar Bates, and there have been lots of other examples. There are every year in in recruiting uh, college coaches change and guys that are really good open up their recruitments and make late changes and late switches. And so just when you think that Indiana's options in 2023 may be fairly limited, um, really they may not be. But again, uh, that's the latest. That's kind of a recap of where things stand in 2023 as far as recruiting goes for the Hoosiers. Also, uh, keep in mind that the IU uh, Fan Fest put on by the Hoosier Hysterics 
and their NIL Collective uh, will begin on August 18th. And it's a series of events that's going to include a fantasy camp, also some sort of practice or opportunity for fans to attend uh, an event in Assembly Hall as well. And tickets are very cheap. Uh, I think I saw from $5 uh, all the way up to $149. Uh, that would be the best seat sitting courtside. And I guess you, you'd say the main part of this uh, Fan Fest begins at 7 p.m. on August 20th, uh, so a week from this coming Saturday uh, with the doors opening an hour before the 7 o'clock hour. So uh, a lot of things, uh, uh, fan interactions, uh, skills, challenges, uh, an alley-oop contest is something I read in the Indianapolis Star and the opportunity to see some of these players out on the court. Now, it remains to be seen, is this going to be a scrimmage or a practice? Is it going to be short? Is it going to be long? Uh, but at the end of the day, the monies from this, from all these events, I think there's also a golf scramble included in this uh, fan weekend, um, is, is all going to benefit in some which way IU basketball players through this NIL collective. So here's a way that you can actually contribute money that goes, in some sense, directly back to the pockets of IU basketball players. And it seems crazy to, to say it that way because just a few years ago, uh, this would not be allowed. There would be no way that there could be an event uh, featuring IU players where they're going to get paid or eventually down the line get some sort of deal through the collective. So uh, definitely a changing time, as we discussed, with Transfer Portal and NIL and conferences and movement and are we headed to super conference? in college sports, and I think this NIL deal here at Indiana coming up is just another example of how different things are. There is no question about that. Little football news, DJ Matthews, the Florida State transfer who uh, was a uh, turned wide receiver and a return man for Indiana last season, came in with a lot of excitement but was limited to just four games after he had an ACL tear. It sounds like uh, he has been cleared to play in week one or is at least expected to play in week one. Uh, he, he discussed that with the media some last week. So as we think ahead to IU's opener coming up, uh, it does look like Matthews will be available and is expected to play for the Hoosiers, which is really good news for them. And again, September 2nd, we are within inside uh, the window of a month or less until uh, college football begins. In fact, there's week zero games that will begin here later later this month in August, which is very exciting. But for Indiana, it all begins on Friday, September 2nd, as they will host Illinois uh, in Bloomington. Of course, Illinois, Idaho, Western Kentucky, Cincinnati to open up the season. Some interesting games there, some opportunities, I think, especially in Week 2 and Week 3 for Indiana to pick up much-needed wins early in the season. The Illinois game to start the year seems like really a toss-up by all that uh, know something about both teams. Cincinnati will be a very difficult game. That game also this year is on the road. And then that's, to start October, it's Big Ten play the, the rest of the way. Nebraska, Michigan, Maryland, Rutgers, uh, that is the month of November before Indiana has a bye week, the, uh, the final week of October. But definitely an, inter an interesting stretch of Big Ten games, and Indiana will need to win some of those games, I think, in October if they have uh, hopes of becoming bowl eligible this season. But we are almost to the start of college football uh, and that is very exciting. There's no question about that. Also, one other note, the Little League, uh, we've followed some of the local teams this year, the Little League World Series right now, the 12 and under, the main division. They are at the regional round, at least most of them are, and uh, the Great Lakes Regional taking place, I saw tonight, 
uh, Indiana and Kentucky will play each other in a big semifinal game uh, up in uh, Whitestown, Indiana, just outside uh, of uh, Indianapolis. That's going to be a big, big game. And uh, I forget who the Indiana – a representative was this year. Uh, I think it's it's Hagerstown. It's, it's who it was. A team that Jeff did uh, that beat Jeff GRC in the uh, opening game of the tournament. But Hagerstown Little League is the representative in the state of Indiana. They'll take on North Laurel Little League from down in London, Kentucky. So both teams uh, have had success. Hagerstown one and zero in the regional, and North Laurel is two and zero. And uh, they will play in a semifinal game tonight on ESPN and kind of one of the big uh, regional games out there, rivalry between Indiana and Kentucky. So uh, good luck to Hagerstown Little League as they try to win this semifinal and get a step closer to the opportunity to go to Williamsport a little bit later in the summer. So that Whitestown complex, I'm never, with all the good Little League teams we've had here out of our area, uh, that complex is so new that we've never had a chance to see a local team play there that we've had the opportunity to broadcast on the radio. So the uh, the previous one was old but neat there uh, on the opposite side of Indianapolis. But this one you can see from the interstate if you as you go around, uh, just a really, really neat facility. And, and uh, not a lot of seating, but uh, definitely a, a, a neat facility, a top-notch Little League facility. And uh, those Great Lakes games are fun, and we'll see who gets the opportunity to move out of that region to the Little League World Series here in just a couple of weeks. That's a look at our headlines for this Monday edition of the program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. Your questions welcome on IU basketball and IU football for Zach Osterman in the next segment. Also, Chad Gilbert still ahead, Charlestown AD and IHSA executive board member as we talk local sports here in the area coming out of the weekend. Just a few weeks away from high school football we are. And speaking of high school football, we are working on our annual kickoff show to begin the season and uh, we're eyeing next Monday night for that program we plan to have all eight football playing schools featured starting at seven o'clock next Monday and uh, you can hear from every coach a lot of the top players will preview the season for you the week that the season begins so stay with us for that here on the Big X we're back with more on this Monday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Monday program. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us always in this segment as we talk IU basketball and football as well. And Zach, I think you're joining us, what, from Memorial Stadium today for a football media availability. Is that right? Yeah, we're waiting for them to finish up practice right now. So. All right, we'll try to get you so you can head back to the media room and get the quotes you need for your uh, – 
your latest story here in just a few minutes. But thanks for being with us. Let's start with basketball today. I know we've touched on NIL a lot here in recent weeks, but there is a fan fest coming to Bloomington that's going to include a number of different events, including an event at Assembly Hall on Saturday, August 20th. Uh, Kind of an interesting deal. This is the Hoosier Hysterics, an NIL collective, and the money that fans pay to enter this event or to join the fantasy camp or some of the other uh, pieces staged around this weekend is going to go to the NIL collective that ultimately will benefit IU players. So kind of an intriguing and interesting event out there. This is one that directly includes fans and the ability for them not only to see and interact with players, but to ultimately contribute to an NIL fund for them down the line. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, it is a kind of a different spin on NIL, and I think an interesting one. Uh, you know, I talked to Eric Pankowski, who's one of the two founders of the, the Hoosier Hysterics. I think it's called the HH NIL Collective officially. Um, and his point was that this is kind of the most direct way, you know, to, to get players these kinds of NIL opportunities. There's, there's not a, there's no brand building that has to be done. You don't have to in, engage a third party or anything. You just, you know, this takes it directly to the players. And, and it's a fairly, you know, straightforward way, I think, too, for players to, you know, to benefit. When I've talked to NIL, um, you know, experts, people who run like, you know, influencer and open doors, that, those kinds of companies, one of the points they make is that, one of the maybe most basic assumptions we we missed on NIL was just that athletes would just sort of jump into this when really for a lot of athletes, obviously there's a small number that'll get really big dollars, but for a lot of athletes, you know, the the, the dollars on offer may not be um, worth the, the, the work that goes into it. You know, the athletes are busy too. They, they have, school and they have sports and obviously they want to have socialize and whatever else. And, you know, for a lot of them, whether it's the, the, the extra work they have to do, or it's the, you know, the, the fact that they have to kind of learn again about something like brand building or social media strategy or whatever, that it, it just may not be practical for them. This is meant to kind of bring those opportunities to them in a much more direct way. And then obviously also to connect them with fans. And I think what was, was interesting was when Eric, you know, the way he talked about it, he said he hopes this kind of becomes part of the annual calendar. And he said he he sees it sort of like spring training in baseball where it's, you know, the season's far enough away that everybody's still relaxed. Everybody's still laid back. Everybody's still, you know, fairly, you know, fairly sort of, you know, nothing, nothing's too intense yet, essentially. And, you know, players can interact with fans, coaches can interact with fans, and everybody can just kind of generally celebrate the sport without feeling like they've got to be too intensely focused on, you know, a game ahead or, or you know, goals ahead or whatever. And I think that that's interesting in particular because of the timing, obviously, that the first weekend after students are back and um, allowing them to be involved. And, and again, just this idea that, hey, you know, come sort of, kick off basketball season in a really relaxed and, and kind of laid back way that for the players is also an NIL opportunity. Talking with Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis star Zach, uh, the event includes a number of things. I know a fantasy camp is one I've seen mentioned a lot and they're also on the 20th uh, at seven o'clock is going to be an event in assembly hall. I've had people ask, is it a practice? Is it a scrimmage? I know your article over the weekend uh, stated that there was going to be some maybe skills competitions and things of that nature. I, I can't see a scrimmage or practice in something like this where there's the opportunity uh, to be 
heard outside of IU's normal schedule? Is it going to be more um, skills-based stuff, or do you have any read on that, what the activities could include? There is going to be a scrimmage portion, or at least there's there's planned to be. Um, you know, I don't think it'll be hyper intense, but I mean, you know, remember these guys are playing open gyms this time of year anyway. So I think, it's, you know, this is probably going to sort of take on that feel a little bit. You know, I don't think they're going to have like, um, I don't think they're going to have like, you know, referees in and, and, you know, all this different kind of stuff. And like, um, I think it's important to say that the, uh, the, um, Coaches won't be there because if the coaches are there, then it has to count as, as a certain, you know, has to be classified in a certain way as, as practice time. Um, but it is, I think, going to be at least at least a little bit just sort of, you know, at least fairly sort of spirited and, and involved. But I think there will, there will also be other, you know, sort of skills type, skills based stuff. Um, I think some stuff that's interactive for fans. There's also Sunday on Sunday, either morning or early afternoon. I can't remember when it is in the schedule. Uh, the women's team is going to host a skills camp. It's also part of the weekend because it's the whole weekend. It's there's the fan fest on Saturday night. The women's team skills camp Sunday. There's also a golf outing that weekend. There's a, a an adult fantasy camp for in the same way you know coaches run the the sort of fans come in and get coached by IU coaches and play at the IU facilities and all those different kinds of things. This will be that, but it will be, you know, with the players instead of the coaches, really, I think. Um, so it, it, it it's kind of not the only thing, but, I, you know, I think the plan right now anyway is, is to have a, a fairly sort of, I guess you'd say first look um, kind of opportunity in terms of this, you know, getting a chance to see this team for the first time. Talking to Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Stars. Zach, I want to flip to recruiting. Uh, Indiana kind of running into some dead ends in the 2023 class. Jamie Kaiser from Virginia over the weekend, he announced his commitment to Maryland. There was a time that Indiana seemed to be in really good shape with him, and I think a lot of people thought Indiana might actually be his destination, but he picks Maryland, and rumors that a couple others have went other directions or are leaning other directions, and that Arrington Page, who was on campus not long ago, might be IU's most gettable target, if that's even a word, in the 2023 class can you take us through where things stand and I, I think fans should not panic I, I, I don't realize I think we we get caught up in all the decisions and the announcements once we get through the month of July and all the recruiting and visits that take place in that month Indiana had two really early 2023 commitments to, to really get ahead of the game yeah and I think we've talked about that before that that you know those two allowed Indiana to narrow its gaze you know pretty early on and it's obvious Indiana wants a, a, a true sort of, you know, four or five big man in this class. Xavier Booker was a big name, um, but Page has been another one that I think Indiana has been what feels like kind of all in on um, for a while now and, and, you know, tracked very closely through recruiting open periods and things like that. And, you know, all indications I got and certainly what, what other people wrote kind of out of his visit were that the visit went really well. The recent visit you mentioned, I'm not going to, you know, I'm I'm too old to be offering out guarantees and recruiting. Um, I think Kaiser is, is, you know, probably their recruitment of Kaiser is proof that they're still looking for a wing, perhaps one that can help them with some shooting long-term um, as well as a big in, in 2023. But again, as, as we talked about, um, as we've talked about a number of times, you know, kind of just reviewing this class, you know, across the last few months, I think a big, a big piece of, 
what those early commitments did for Indiana, as I said, was was essentially just narrow its gaze and and not you know force Indiana to be in a position where they had to cast a really wide net. They could be very selective, and just because you're selective doesn't mean you're going to get every target that you you go for. It doesn't mean you're you're going to win every single recruiting battle, but it it means more than that that you know the, the list of of guys that you're really serious about recruiting guys that you are absolutely sure our takes our priorities if they wanted to commit tomorrow you'd 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 jump on it that list stays relatively short and you know i can find you examples of some guys that you know may have even had iu offers that perhaps weren't committable anymore um because you know indiana had kind of gone in different directions and felt like it could felt like it didn't have to take you know more of a scattershot approach to 23 because it got those two early commitments and i think two players that are going to help indiana in the long term so it will be interesting to see how they move on, I think, from Kaiser in particular, because, again, when you had Xavier Booker, um, you know, he's a really, really, really good player, but they clearly also really like Arrington Page. You know, who's kind of behind? Who, who who else is in there around You know, Jamie Kaiser, essentially? And I think that's where you'll see not names that we don't know, but names that, you know, maybe start to push harder for visits in some different spots and, um, you know, try to um, – try to, to, you know, maybe turn up the heat on somebody else now that Kaiser's committed to Maryland. Yeah, of course, in the in the state, Zach, some really intriguing prospects coming up. I know I'm jumping uh, to a younger class, the class of 2025, but I thought it was a statement last week for Indiana to have both of those guys. I'm talking about Trent Sicily and uh, Jalen Harrelson, uh, Sicily from Heritage Hills, Harrelson from Fishers, on campus uh, as soon as they could really be on a campus for an unofficial visit. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, those are two guys I think you expect Indiana to be involved with in the long term. Indiana offered them early and hasn't let up. I, I, I don't know um, as much about Harrelson. My, my sense is Indiana is probably in a good spot for Sicily. Again, it's, it's very early, so, you know, um, I know we all remember the heady days of Trey Lyles and James Blackman Jr. and committing freshman year. I don't know that necessarily anything like that is on the cards for this summer, but I think it's, it's you know, you can tell – for a staff that, that does like to stay fairly selective in recruiting, I think a decent amount of the time, um, you know, to, to be so kind of all in on guys that young probably tells you that, that those guys are priorities. And it's interesting because, you know, I think a lot of people assumed when Mike Woodson took the job. And of course people like you and me probably, you know, we're, we're telling them to pump the brakes and doesn't work that way. But I think a lot of fans assumed when Mike Woodson took the job, that it was just going to be kind of all Indiana all the time in recruiting. And then, you'd start in Indiana and work your way out. But Woodson hasn't, other than reaffirming CJ Gunn, unless I'm forgetting somebody, Woodson hasn't taken an in-state recruit, um, hasn't committed an in-state player yet. Again, other than, other than uh, confirming Gunn, who had committed to Archie Miller and then, uh, you know, kind of needed to be re-recruited after the coaching change. And I just think it's, it's interesting on the one hand that Woodson is not necessarily – sort of saying, well, I'm just going to recruit the state of Indiana because we have to win the state of Indiana for some sort of optics or aesthetics. But I think it's also interesting when you do see Indiana kind of push its chips to the middle of the table. Um, you know, well, I don't know if I go that far because, again, these guys are very young. But when you see Indiana really prioritizing players like this uh, you know, from in-state, I think it tells you that it's not just because Indiana wants in-state commits. It's because they really value these guys in ways that – you know, frankly, maybe they maybe they didn't for some other in-state players, even some other in-state players that they, they offered, even some other in-state players maybe they would have taken, but they, they didn't necessarily see as, you know, absolute non-negotiable must-haves, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star, our guest. Zach, um, I know that um, 
um, football is obviously on on the front burner for you right now. You're at Memorial Stadium as you talk to us today. And with that said, earlier today I was mentioning DJ Matthews, the transfer from Florida State that had his season really shortened because of an ACL injury last year and uh, just the overall health of this team. And as we start to turn toward that uh, season opener against Illinois, uh, how is the health and the availability of this team as it looks right now uh, for that week one game? Yeah, so, I mean, you, you mentioned Matthews. I mean, all, all expectations are that he's still on track to be um, to be healthy for that game. And, and while obviously he didn't have a terribly prolific season last year because of his injury, he's about as proven of a commodity commodity as Indiana has right now at receiver. Um, for the moment, you know, based on both what Tom Allen said and what we've been able to see in practices, Indiana's fairly healthy. Um, and that's obviously something that I think is welcome. One, because Indiana had so many issues with injuries last season. You know, you had at one point three different scholarship quarterbacks on the sideline with injuries. You had injuries in both lines. You had a ton of injuries in your secondary. You know, basically almost almost every one of your playmakers in the secondary lost time to injury last year. And maybe the one guy that didn't, Jalen Williams, um, it's kind of sent the merge that he was playing with cracked ribs, but he just wouldn't pull himself out because everybody else was hurt. Um, and so I think you're, you're glad to be healthy at this point through Tom Allen. But I think the other part of it, too, is, you know, coaches will, will tell you after a season like that, you you tend to try and sit down and figure out basically, you know, what happened and, and why were there so many injuries and how how many of them could have been prevented or there ways that guys were maybe being trained physically or pushed physically that were causing some of the injuries? Were there things that they weren't doing, like in a weight room, to, you know, strengthen their bodies against those injuries? And some of that stuff is just flukes. You know, DJ Matthews plants his foot on a punt return. I mean, you know, his ACL tears, that's just that's just one of those things that happens 99 times out of 100. It's just a, a, a random kind of chance thing. But there are still going to be a lot of injuries that you can look back on and say, well, at very least, maybe we could have done more to prevent this, or, or we could have, you know, we could have been a little bit more, a little bit smarter in, in, you know, kind of strengthening against these kinds of injuries, if you understand what I'm saying. So I think that the encouraging thing if you're Indiana and you can stay healthy through fall camp and into the season is both just the fact that you don't have to deal with injuries the way that last year. And also the fact that you've got, um, you know, you, you're you're maybe allowed to look at all that sort of forensic analysis you did of injuries in the off season, and say we learned some valuable lessons there that we can apply going forward that are going to help us, uh, you know, avoid some injuries in the future. Not that you'll never have injuries, and, and listen, every once in a while it's football. Everyone's you know, every few years every team's going to have a, a season where they just they just take a ton of injury hits because it, it's a it's a violent game and. There's only so much you can do, but I think if you're Indiana, you're hoping for some better luck, and you're also hoping that, you know, if you are staying healthy here through spring, through summer, through fall, that it's it's not just because of of good fortune. It's also because you've got some, um, you know, you've got a, a nice number of basically lessons learned that that from last season that are helping you stay healthier this year. All right, Zach Osterman, the Indianapolis Star. Great stuff on basketball, recruiting, and football. And uh, we'll let you get back to your job and get some uh, some some quotes and some news there for us. Zach, I appreciate you stepping out and being with us here for a few moments. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always. All right. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. He joins our show on Monday. I've had a couple questions. Uh, Romeo Langford coming to town, uh, the New Albany High School court uh, in the gymnasium at the doghouse, going to be named after him, and there will be a dedication ceremony uh, for that on Saturday coming up August 20th uh, at 12 o'clock noon, and uh, the doors will open at 1130. Uh, According to the release from the Athletic Department, Department, uh, Romeo will also be at the football game against Bloomington South on Friday night. So it sounds like Romeo will be around this weekend and, of course, uh, be there for the dedication of his signature and uh, name being added to the uh, court at the doghouse. So that is the deal on that coming up noon on August 20th uh, here just days from now. All right, we will head to a commercial break and uh, come back with Chad Gilbert. Chad's the AD at Charlestown, and he's with us Mondays as we talk through a lot of local sports headlines. And plenty to get to with Chad today is fall sports and the football season just around the corner here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Monday program, high school football really less than two weeks away, and the big game on that opening week one, Silver Creek and Charlestown, it's billed as the Battle of 403, and I think Charlestown is, from what I understand, uh, probably the favorite in that game this year, but Silver Creek has been so competitive, and uh, Coach Pappenhouse has done a great job uh, with the Dragons. I think it'll be a great opener, and the best thing about that game, and kudos to to Chad Gilbert and the AD at Silver Creek and and everybody involved, the coaches for making that game happen on week one. After a long pause in in you know high school sports and, and reasons to get out in your community for a sporting event with the summer, it's it's a great opportunity to uh, kick the season off with a lot of fans, and that's one of those games that the students really get into, and just a super way to kick off high school football in our area. And I applaud it even more so because so many games that we've had a rivalry type games on our schedule. Um, New Albany Providence was a great one, such a competitive series, and the students and fans really turned out. Plus, you've got the anticipation of of week one just to see what your football team's going to look like. Uh, it's it's no longer there, and there are other examples of uh, you know Providence doesn't play Jeff and and some of the other big dogs anymore. And I get that side of it as well, but we've lost other games too, and so to see this one on week one really kind of stand out and uh, get the season kicked off in a very good way has been a lot of fun. So Charlestown and Silver Creek in the uh, opener on week one. That game this year will be uh, at Charlestown High School. They've got a beautiful uh, football facility there. Uh, Chad Gilbert, who will be with us here in a few minutes, has has uh, done a lot of work on that facility. Other games in week one. Scottsburg will play at Clarksville. Floyd Central, they have a really tough uh, couple weeks 
week's start to the season. They uh, will host Louisville Mail on Friday, August 19th, and then they'll go across the river to Manuel in week two of the season. Uh, and then they, I applaud this. Week three for the Highlanders, they will play at Silver Creek. So uh, that is a new game. Love to see Silver Creek scheduling uh, some of the 4A schools, 5A schools, I should say, in the area. And so that hopefully is the, the Creek program continues to grow will be a good matchup for years to come. Jeffersonville, uh, disappointing for them. They do not have a week one game as things stand. The Red Devils were scheduled to play down at Bell County, Kentucky, but that game has been removed from the schedule. So as it stands, Jeff would be idle in week one if they're unable to find an opponent. Last week, uh, Isaac Parker was on our show as a guest and telling us that he's looking far and wide for an opponent, a replacement opponent uh, for week one for the Devils. But as it stands, August 26, Jeff would open the season at Seymour as of today. New Albany, they've got a tough challenge on week one. They play Bloomington South and will host them on August 19th. And again, New Albany has uh, been a team that will take on all comers week two. They travel to Gibson Southern, who is a 3A program, but really a state championship caliber program uh, is Gibson Southern. They were really good last year. Their quarterback was committed or is committed to Purdue. It is, I believe, on the campus of Purdue now. So a tough uh, couple weeks for New Albany to open the season. And Providence, they will take on uh, Bardstown Bethlehem. Uh, They will host them in week one at Providence. And then Lloyd Memorial from Kentucky, another Kentucky team, uh, they'll host on week two. Interestingly enough, uh, Pioneers uh, have three Kentucky teams on their schedules. We've seen schools have to look a little harder and and even be willing to go farther uh, to fill in some things with just different reasons and conference realignments and different things uh, that have went on in the area. Providence, another note on them, and I mentioned this last week, they dropped down to 1A in football. And uh, I don't know that it will make a huge difference in the regular season because it's basically the same competitive schedule that they've played the last number of years now. But this should really help Providence in the postseason and give them a chance, I think, almost every year to be a real competitor uh, in that 1A sectional. That sectional is sectional 48. And with Providence in that sectional, you'll see Eastern Green, North Davies, South Spencer, Springs Valley, Tecumseh, and West Washington. So just a total different look from the 2A sectional they were in that included Triton Central and some really good teams, of course none better than Triton Central, but some really good teams from the more central part of the state and even toward the eastern side of the state. So uh, that's the lay of the land for Providence this year. I like the drop to 1A. Obviously they had no control over that, uh, but I think it will really help their football program uh, under the direction of Coach McDonald. And Rock Creek football will feature them on our preview show coming up uh, on Monday night, but that's uh, a a week from tonight, but that's a look at the uh, area schedule for week one and just some initial thoughts on uh, where things stand in this high school football season. You know, out of the gate, there's just so much unknown. I think Charlestown should be pretty good. I've heard really good things from them uh, about them here in the the preseason. Um, Other than that, you know, New Albany coming off just an unbelievable year going to the semi-state a year ago will be interesting to see how that one shakes out. The Dogs uh, lost a cathedral 
in the semi-state, but really were a shock to get as far as they got. And uh, that was just kind of a, a, a unbelievable run for New Albany. So uh, they lost a ton from that team. Jeff lost a ton from last year as well. Uh, so kind of some unknowns about those teams. I think Floyd Central is kind of in the same boat after talking with Coach Bragg over the weekend, just trying to see exactly where they're at. And boy, are the Highlanders going to find out where they're at after a matchup with Mail uh, in that opening Friday night. But uh, Silver Creek trying to find their way as well. Uh, it's going to be kind of a wide open season here locally, and I'm not sure there's anybody I would say is a favorite to win a sectional or maybe even uh, win a conference. If you talk about conferences, I think I'd have to go the route of Charlestown, maybe to be someone that could compete in the Mid-Southern Conference. So just a little readout of uh, high school football for this year, some uh, thoughts as we are uh, just a couple weeks away, really less than that, from getting Friday night light started here in southern Indiana. No Chad Gilbert, I don't believe so far. We've been unable to connect with him today. So we'll head to a quick commercial break. We'll come back with Chad. And if we don't have Chad, we'll fill it in here and bring you up to uh, to the conclusion of our Monday program. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday program. Uh, we'll get Chad Gilbert again with us next week. He was tied up at school, but uh, and that's going to basically wrap things up for our Monday show. Just a couple reminders for you. Next Monday night, we have our annual kickoff show for high school football. We've got commitments from all eight football-playing schools here in the area to join us, and we'll be releasing the schedule. But it'll begin at 7 o'clock, and we'll spend about 15 minutes with each school. That'll be the head coach and some of the key players uh, from each of the schools. And again, for me, this year, I think it'll be especially good to tune into that program, and I'm look for, looking forward to hosting the show because there's so much unknown with so many of these teams that uh, I think that will be a night where just before kickoff that following Friday, uh, the 19th, we'll, we'll learn a lot about some of our locals this year and who's who's who and at least get some sort of preseason fill uh, for what to expect here in the area. So make sure you uh, make plans to tune in for that. Monday, August 15th will be the uh, time, the date of our football kickoff show, 7 p.m. will be the, uh, kick, the uh, start time for that program coming up a week from tonight. Also, if you miss our show live here on the Big X or you want to go back and hear a specific interview or segment, you can always find us on Apple Podcasts. Really, wherever you listen to podcasts, we are there. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you can subscribe. You can listen there. You can rate us there as well, and uh, your rating and review will help us connect with others that might be interested in this show and this podcast about uh, IU sports and things 
things here in southern Indiana as well. Have a great Monday. We'll return on Tuesday. Uh, our regular guests set to join us this week will include more high school football interviews this week as well. And to talk with you tomorrow at 11 a.m., this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.